Hello, and welcome to the Music Box Podcast, otherwise affectionately known as MBP, where we talk about all things Music Box. That is the Music Box Theater here in Chicago. Uh, we would like to tell you about uh, all the things that are coming up, of course, and all the other things that you might have always wanted to know about the Music Box. And we'll go, go through with our uh, roving, uh, revolving guests, and they'll talk about all the things that they bring to the Music Box. So let's find out who we have today. Let's introduce ourselves. Go ahead, Claire. Uh, hi, I'm Claire Alden. I am the membership and group sales manager here at the Music Box. So um, I correspond with all the members. Um, thanks to all of you members out there. We love you. <laughs> and then I also do outreach for uh, some of the specific films that we do. Hi, and Claire. Hi, Hi Ryan. And welcome, Claire, welcome. to your first MVP. And we also have Stephanie. Hi, guys. I'm Steph Berlin. You can call me whatever you want. Steph or Stephanie. Um, introductions are so awkward for me. Um, anyway, I manage publicity here. Um, so basically, for the most part, whenever Music Box Theater or our sister company, Music Box Films, we open a title here in Chicago, I get the title's regional reviews, and if talent's involved, whether by phone or in person, I'll secure them interviews, and it's fun. Thank you for being on your first podcast, Stephanie. Uh, and of Thanks course, for having me, Ryan. And of course, I'm your host. Uh, I'm Ryan Ostrike. I'm the general manager of this beautiful place, and I get to do oversee all the fun aspects of working and making sure this business runs and plays great movies. So uh, let's get to our first segment. What are we currently playing? We have a couple of features on the screens right now. We have this uh, kind of cult sci-fi film that's really cool and eerie called The Endless. And just found out we are going to be holding it all through next week. So all the way through May Thursday, May 3rd. So if you didn't make it this first week, don't worry. It's going to hold. Thanks for everybody who came out to keep this film on screens. And thanks for all the great press we've gotten for this movie. I mean, critics loved this movie. It's gotten really good reviews. Also. Yeah. I think there were some sold-out shows this weekend. There were. I was happy to see those little uh, notifications coming through. <laughs> um, and then, sadly, our Music Box Films, our sister company, uh, their film, Back to Burgundy, uh, it had a two-week run. It's got to end this Thursday, April 26th. Sad to see it go, but glad we could get an extra week out of it. Thanks for coming out. Who did? And if you get this podcast in your feed, and it's Tuesday or Wednesday, you got one more day to come to it. Yeah, come. Come see it. It's fun. Uh, learn about wine. See, see, see beautiful areas of France. Um, let's jump into what is coming up this weekend for our shows. So we are opening this new film from uh, Chinese filmmaker Chloe Zhao, um, and it's called The Rider. It opens Friday. We're hoping to run it for multiple weeks. I personally did not see the film, but Claire had a little membership preview screening of it, which is one of the perks of members, mm -hmm. uh, and watched it with the members. And I kind of want to know, what would you think? Tell me about this movie. Uh, well, I, I loved it, to be honest with you. Um, it, I have so many things to say about this movie. <laughs> well, first, what's it about? <laughs> well, so it's about, um, essentially... Um, this guy, Brady, uh, what I really, it's a docudrama. So it's based off of his actual real life events. Um, it's based on a true story, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously dramatized, yeah. you know, not, ex not exact. Mm -hmm. um, so he lives actually out in uh, South Dakota on a reservation uh, where life is rodeo. Life is horses. That's, that's what life is. Um, and he was like an uprising rodeo star until he had a really bad accident. Um, and the doctors were like, you can't do this anymore, man. I'm sorry. And I, I don't know what to tell you. You're, it's not good. Like you're, you could potentially die. Um, so it's about him kind of coming to terms with that and, and having this internal battle between doing something that you love and you feel like you're 
supposed to do, but not not being allowed to or, or not shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. And um, so sounds interesting. It is. And yeah. how, how, how is it performed? I mean, I, I heard that Brady is Brady it is, in real yeah. life. His dad is his real dad in yeah. real life. His, his autistic sister is yeah. his real autistic sister. Yeah. His best friend is his real best yeah. friend. So how does that all work in this film? So what's so cool about this, I think, the other thing, you know, Chloe didn't, um, Chloe actually knew the family before, um, like, filming it. She, she, her first film, uh, Songs from My Brother, I think is, I think that's, I think right. that's what it's called. Um, she was on the reservation filming it and she ended up meeting uh, the family and just, mm-hmm. she was very much drawn to Brady. Like, he's just, he's very charismatic. She's like, I want to put you on film. So she tried numerous times to, like, write a story for him, but nothing ever really clicked until in real life he had this accident. And she was like, ah, there's a story. I got it. Well, and I feel like his story, I haven't seen the movie yet, full disclosure, but his story, I mean, is so relatable in the sense of, you know, you have a passion, you have goals in your life, and then something happens, you fall down, and it's how do you pick the pieces back up? And I think anyone can relate to that, no matter what, if you're a rodeo rider, if you sell clothes at the Gap, it doesn't matter. Right. It's just a very universal theme. Yeah, and I well, for me, what I thought was also super cool is I'm as urban as urban can be. I mean, I grew up in Evanston, live in Chicago, um, but to to be able to empathize and see that life out there is so completely different, um, and like there's really just like a lack of opportunity. So like rodeo is like their life; it's their livelihood. Um, and to have that taken away is heartbreaking, really, to be honest with you. And it's really cool to see the, the way of life, um, you know, just like the way they are with with animals. And, and ah, the shots are gorgeous, to be honest with you. They're just stunning. Ah, I have a lot to say about this movie. <laughs> so would you recommend it to our listeners? I would. I would definitely recommend it. Um, yeah, I also, the other thing I want to say that I thought was really cool when I was doing some research about it was... Chloe really, because she used the family directly, she really worked with them. Um, so, for example, yeah, his, his little sister does have Asperger's. Um, so in order to make it as, like, genuine as possible, she would just kind of say, hey, Lil, like, go, go over to Brady and say something to make him feel better. And then it was Lil's own complete dialogue and, like, words and thoughts. Um, yeah, I so- heard she wrote no... Um- well, the only any time she actually wrote dialogue that uh, that the sister re- rewrote it yeah. to make it more real. Exactly, and right? like even I heard the dad did that, Brady did that. Like they'd be like, "No, we don't call it tobacco here; we call it chew," you know, or <laughs> whatever. Right. Um, so it's a very, I think, authentic portrait of um, of a person's life, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I I was shocked. So I heard about the filmmaker. She's from China, mm-hmm. uh, grammar school in London, and then dropped out of New York's uh, film school. In, in college, dropped out and decided to go out of all places to South Dakota yeah. to try to find a story. And yeah. that's how she found her first one and, and, and then found her second one. And it's just the craziest thing how she came to this and now is making these beautiful little, like, human life stories. Yeah, I guess the way that she kind of described it, I guess, I guess in China, they were closed off to, like, Western films until, like, the 90s. So when, like, it was just like a tsunami for her. And she just, like, watched them and just became really uh, fell in love with Western, you know, life. Yeah, and then she, she came to make movies with us. Exactly. Which is awesome. <laughs> uh, 
So that is the rider. It's opening on a Friday, April 27th, and we're hoping to run it for a couple of weeks, so you should come out and check it out when you can. It is Claire-approved. Um, and we also are opening another week-long run. Uh, we're opening two art, art House films this week, which, which is always fun when we have all that extra uh, new film coming to the screen. This one is called Grace Jones, Bloodlight, and Bambi. Sorry, guys, I have not seen it, but Stephanie watched it, and she's going to tell you a little bit about it. So I watched the movie, and full disclosure, going into the movie, I had a feeling it wasn't going to be for me, and it doesn't mean that the movie is bad, because it's not bad. It's The filmmaker's great. There's a lot of great dynamics um, throughout the story that keeps people captivated. You know, it, it jumps from scene to scene. You go from personal footage to performance footage. So I think for that kind of specific audience who, first of all, loves um, Grace... Grace Jones, like, I know she has a following. I personally don't follow her. So to see her, to see her, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Her technique, her, where she's from. They show her in her hometown where she grew up in Jamaica. People will love it. It just was not specifically for me. I don't love docu uh, concert documentaries. Um, but I think that it will wow a certain kind of crowd. And Were you intrigued at all by Grace's story? <laughs> Yeah, I was intrigued by her story. What intrigues me more, though, and this is just a note on publicity in general, there are some titles and some stories that I don't have to work very hard to pitch, and this was one of them. People are enamored with her. They're enamored with the story. I've gotten more interview requests to speak with Sophie, the director, um, and I Googled Sophie. She's... Um, She's, you know, part of the Fines family. Um, so it, it's just interesting how, like, some films that I would, you know, be like, oh, this is amazing. I love the characters. It's, it's a tough pitch where, and then there are other films where I'm not so connected to. It's like I just sit back and let the film speak for itself, and that's, uh, this is a perfect example of that kind of film. So, you, so all the press are going to write about it this week. Yeah, a lot all of right. them are. Good, um, good. You know, yeah. Because if you don't listen to our podcast, then maybe <sighs> you're going you're gonna to read one of those things, and you're going to be like, hey, I should go see this movie at this it was It was a really great film. It just wasn't for me. That's okay. You know, I'll say, yeah. I, actually, I watched it, too, this weekend, and I'll say I think what it did is it really it contradicts, because she's a very like bold personality. So bold. And it really, so the, com the concert footage also, like really contradicts with like her personal like vulnerability and life yeah um so it's kind of it's 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 both you know concert footage of like her like being this like super totally. like badass you know like yeah you know icon but then also like the the more personal side of her is also yeah um, and I think if I were watching like a documentary on someone I don't know I know this is cliche like Mick Jagger where I know his music I know his personal life and I saw that contradiction between like rock god and then backstage where he's a little more vulnerable I think mm -hmm. I, you know, I just don't know her well enough um, and maybe but that, that says but something those hats, about myself though. those hats are lit <laughs> I mean, she's a lit chick. I, yeah, there's no. Fashion. She's like the first lady Gaga. I don't know. Yeah, like, she's the tits. Probably. She's the tits. But it just it wasn't. It was a hard movie for me. But I kind of knew why. Um, but I absolutely think there's a carved out audience for it. Okay. And everyone should come and see it though. But it, it's interesting. So we're definitely going to run Grace Jones, uh, Bloodlight and Bambi for at least a week. We hope we'll be able to hold it over for the following week. But it all depends on, you know, how all of you come out and see it or not, because uh, that's how a business runs. Mm -hmm. um, 
the other thing we've got coming up is uh, we're bringing back Music Box Staff Picks, which is basically, we have a wonderful uh, eclectic staff of moviegoers who always are telling me something they sh- we should play on the big screen. So I said, hey, why don't you pit program the matinee series for the next couple of weeks? And we're bringing it back because it was such a hit. And uh, this week, just happened. it just so happened to work out that Stephanie was going to be on this podcast. It's Stephanie's Picks. She did Silence of the Lambs on April 29th at 11.30 a.m. I'm Stephanie, doing Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, I'm sorry, you will be doing it. What, w- tell us a little bit about your choice. Okay, well, um, as I sip on my music box wine that's not Chianti. Ha, oh, get it? <laughs> get it? Like, okay, sorry. We don't, we get it. Sorry, I'm trying to do uh, my Hannibal Lecter impersonation. Um, okay, so I always love Silence of the Lambs, which probably says a lot about me, but the movie, there are so many different parts to the movie that I like from you know, film direction to cinematography to hidden meanings in the narrative. Like, you know, there's, I could go on and on, um, but I loved the movie and I, it's so scary and so creepy and so perfect. Um, like Hannibal Lecter is a villain and I kind of love him and he's so fucked up. Sorry. He's just, it's, I, I, I'm stumbling on my words because I love the movie so much. Um, but I think Jonathan Demme just does a phenomenal job in terms of his camera work, in terms of character development. You know, you can look at Clarice's, um, relationship with Hannibal and her father and then you look at her relationship with the FBI director and there's just lots of hidden things in there um and if you and I've read many essays about the movie um and I just find that every time I watch it I learn a little more which kind of makes it intriguing for me um so we'll be presenting that on April 29th and I'm pumped and you're going to be there to intro I'm going to be there to intro I was going to do a powerpoint but I'm just going to do like a one or two minute lecture. Well, that's that's okay. So if you if you're planning on coming, you you yeah. get to see uh, Stephanie in person. Claire, have you ever seen Silence of the Lambs? Oh yeah. And oh my God, how could you not love it? Side note, um, some of the staff here does a really good impression of Buffalo Bill, and they love to <laughs> to oh. freak me out with it. Yeah, Pooty Poo. What he calls the poodle Pooty Poo. Or he goes, he's like, oh wait. Yeah. Well, and it's just like you know, it's you creepy. see like Clarice, like in the beginning, she's out in the out, she's running outdoors, and it's all wide open, and then you like shoot, you know, you switch to Lecter cell, and it's very indoors and closed, and you know, it's there's just so many things I could talk about mm-hmm. about that movie. I love it. It's well, so great. Well, I am glad you picked it because it is a good film. And honestly, um, I have had that requested from uh, customers all the time. They're yeah. like, you know, you show such great movies and you bring it back on 35. And I never actually got to see it originally in theaters. This is one that has been requested. And I know that Stephanie's been waiting for her chance yeah. to show it. So. I've been wanting to show this for a while. Uh, on to our midnights this weekend. So we do midnights every Friday and Saturday. Um, so, you know. Uh, we, we, we put it on sale for 11.59 p.m. on Friday, last minute possibly on Friday. So you come on Friday, you come on Saturday. And I am so absolutely excited to finally celebrate the 20th anniversary. I can't believe it's been 20 years. I remember seeing this movie in theaters originally of Dark City. This is a really amazing film. Um, it stars Kiefer Sutherland and Jennifer Connelly. They're both incredible in it. Mm. Um, and it just, just takes you down this rabbit hole that is confusing and it's a puzzle and you know that there's something more going on but you cannot figure it out but you're just so in like you're sucked in because of how well the set design and the costume design is um and everything is so well controlled you could tell like the director alex proyas really knew what he was doing and i'm 
I've been waiting and looking for an excuse to bring this film back. And it being its 20th anniversary, I said, all right, we got to program Dark City. And so if you can make it out to midnight, I know it's a little late for some of you. Um, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be beautiful to see on the big screen. It is on 35. And I hope you, I hope I see a few of you out um, for it. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Have you seen the movie The Game? Of course. It, do you like the game? Yeah, very much. I just was wondering because like, it, it's also like a game. You yeah, know? no, it is. It, that's, and, I don't and it's know, also it very dark. It's and dark. Yeah, the way kind of he, he puts that film yeah. together. Yeah, I do like the game. Yeah. Um, that'd be a film to go back and rewatch and see if it I think up. so too, um, yeah. I literally, I think I watched that in theaters and I probably haven't seen it. It's so good. One time, I used to live in New York, I sat next to Kiefer Sutherland out to dinner and it was, I was like really starstruck. And I, <laughs> I love celebs, like I'm just going to admit it. But like I was, I don't really get starstruck, but I was like, oh, that's Kiefer. Like, hey dude. I'd get a little starstruck. Yeah, later. like it's Keeper fucking Sutherland, you know? Yeah, why not? Yeah, okay. Um, Sorry. So moving on to our next segment, which is just advanced notice. I just The only thing I really want to remind everybody of is that 2001 A Space Odyssey, we talked about it last week, it is officially on sale. The first entire week of our 70 millimeter run of it, of this new original print that's coming back, um, will be is on sale. So it's May 18th through the 23rd. Um, you can go to the website, musicboxtheater.com, find your tickets. Uh, remember, this is a 70 millimeter priced film, so it's a little higher than our general, um, but if you're trying to figure out your plans for that week, uh, you can check it out. Um, now, let's find out a little bit about our panelists, because we're always curious about what everybody does here. Um, so we have Claire and Stephanie on. They both run different parts of our business. So let's start with Stephanie. Um, talk a little bit about running PR for uh, an art house movie theater. Well, I'm glad you asked me, because um, I have been finding myself... Um, entering a little bit of a bump in the road with publicity and encouraging people to watch the films and review it. Um, newspapers are covering less and less of movies, so it's my job to figure out a way, how do we fit the films in? How do I entice people? And again, like for Grace Jones, the films kind of do the work for themselves and other films, I need to try a little harder. So um, once films are programmed, I literally email the studio and I'm like hey it's me it's Steph do you want me to cover the film or are you hiring um, outside publicity and 50 50 they say me or outside publicity so then it's my job to create a news alert that we're opening this movie I service links and DVDs to press um, they watch it and I encourage them to give it a good review um, and then if talent come you know they're in town or available over the phone I'll secure interviews um, but it's just, you know, I find as we're going, as we're moving forward and we're really in a society that is so social media heavy, um, and I'm old school, I still write down my notes in my planner. I like holding an actual newspaper in my hand. Um, I teeter on that, you know, that point where I'm like, oh, I like old school. I wish more people would cover print media. And I also need to keep up with the times of social media because that's how people find out information. Um, so the job is, uh, you know, it's, it's... So is it getting harder? It's getting harder for okay. me. But some Because you've been doing this for a little while, so yeah. you've seen some change. Yeah, I've seen some change. Like, And I still am the kind of person that likes to call and pick up the phone, and I'm like, hey, have you seen this movie? We're opening it. Where a lot of other people are very into emailing and stuff like that. And, and so it's a challenge for me just to keep up with the social media and, and modern-day technology. So that's my challenge. Um, I personally, 
I love the banter I have with, with the journalists that cover the film. I like keeping in touch with them. I like having that relationship that borders on professional to a little bit personal. You know, they're doing, they're covering my films and I know what's going on in their personal lives. Like that's really important to me. Um, but to a degree, you know, that's important and keeping up with social media is important too, you know? So it's great and it can be challenging at times. I think you do a great job, Steph. I think you do a great job, Claire. <laughs> and Ryan, I think you do an okay yes, job. Yes, Ryan. You're just okay. Thank you for the vote of confidence. Just kidding, um, Ryan's, Ryan's great. I'll remember both of these things for your reviews. Oh! Um, no bonuses this year! <laughs> but, uh, no, no, you're right. It is challenging. It's, it's challenging. getting harder, because I've been in the business for a while, long time, and uh, I remember I used to be able to do PR on my own, and, and here I need somebody like you who has these relationships, because for the limited amount that we can get, you, yeah. need, you need to literally bring somebody in who can manage it day to day and uh, yeah as Claire said I think you do a good job and thank, thank you. you for being a part of this team technically I said great job but no whatever uh, fine <laughs> well then let's talk about you Claire so last okay. time he has us two on, <laughs> on the podcast together it's been fun listeners um <laughs> Tell no, us about yourself. What do you so, do here? So uh, I'm a membership and uh, group sales manager. Um, so I, Stephanie and I, we kind of tag team for some of the, the outreach uh, that we do because we do very specific movies. Um, and in order to try and, and get a larger audience or, or find the people that would be most interested, um, we, we kind of divide and conquer. And, you know, I'll, I'll reach out to mm -hmm. different uh, organizations um, schools, et cetera, to see uh, if I can drum up some excitement about the films. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so that's the kind of group sales outreach side. Any groups, uh, they come to me. Christmas time is super busy for me because there's all sorts of family groups of like 40, 50 that want to come see, you know, White Christmas and sit in the specific seats and stuff. So, um, so yeah, so I manage all them. We love all of you Christmas goers. We do. Especially if you're listening right now and we don't have a date of when they're going on sale. So I just want you to know you don't need to email Claire yet. Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, I'll let you know when they're on sale. Um, and then membership, that's the other thing. So with membership, um, you know, we have uh, a whole lot of different benefits. There's individual memberships for one person, and then there's dual memberships for two people or one person, and they can bring a guest, a different guest every single time. It doesn't matter. We don't, we don't mind how you do it. Um, but they get member screenings every month, which this month was the rider, so they get a sneak peek, or sometimes they get an invite for one of our regularly um, programmed um, movies. They get advanced tickets, so members actually got advanced purchase for 2001 um, Space Odyssey tickets. Um, we actually have partnered with numerous restaurants along the block, so they get discounts there. Um, I feel like I'm leaving out a lot of membership. Oh, discounts on Music Box House Wine. That's right. Um, that's yum. Stephanie's drinking up right now as we, as we, <laughs> exactly. we talk to each other about the perks of membership. She's literally sipping on one of them. How about um, the perks of working here? Like I'm having a glass of wine on Monday <laughs> before two. Okay. So um, yes. And discounts yes, on Everybody's tickets. having a drink. We're celebrating our podcast. We like all you listeners and we want to enjoy our time with you. We do. Um, anyway, so yeah, there's so a bunch of different perks for membership and, uh, it's really is just a great way I think to support the theater. Um, because in this day and age when we're battling megaplexes and blockbusters and home entertainment and home entertainment, uh, if you enjoy the art, if you love the art, it's a really great way to support it. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And uh, honestly, uh, you know, the membership program is not that old. And Claire, you've been around since the start of it. And you've done, it's been a, a tremendous growth. And uh, I love when I hear feedback from the members. And, you know, they'll always tell you a little bit of this or a little bit of that. And sometimes I, what I love is they'll tell me a little bit about the history of the theater. Because mm-hmm. they've been ar- coming around for a long time. And right. now that they're members... Um, I feel like they're more engaged with us. Right. I know you've got a, a, a cool one coming up in May for uh, Filmworker. For Filmworker. And yeah. we're going to have like a garden party. So you can yeah. come early or stay late. And uh, members can just kind of hang out together and talk about the music box. And we've got to have like a food truck and drinks and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we try to do some fun events around our member screening as well. This one just happened to fall at the right time. Not to mention, you guys, if you're a member, you get to work directly with me. Right, right. So complaints or anything, <laughs> send them to Claire. I just want to say that um, I knew Claire was amazing before everyone else here did because <laughs> I hired Claire. Well, I didn't actually hire her. But you you we, were on the hiring committee. We were on yeah. the hire. I was on the hiring committee, and we got a plethora of resumes in, and hers stuck out. I sent it directly to the owner of the company, and I'm like, FYI, she's great. Let's bring her in, and we brought her in. And I remember Buck and I, um, Buck, our senior operations manager, had met with so many people. And finally, we went with Claire, and we're like, all right, she's great. This, this is like a breath of fresh air. And it's been wonderful ever since. So you're welcome, everyone, for finding Claire. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Now, when I first started this podcast, or I'm sorry, I should say, when I first started talking about the podcast, it was, I'll be honest, there was some mixed reviews from the internal staff here about whether we should do it, whether we have the time, what are we going to talk about? But Stephanie was the the most vocal, positive proponent for the podcast, and we were even joking about creating Stephanie's Corner, you know, so that she could be a regular guest. Well, now that it... She's finally a guest on the podcast. I'm going to just call this Stephanie's Corner. Oh, my. <laughs> and you know what, Stephanie, you got some things on your mind? You want to you well, talk about a few, few things, film or Chicago or Music Box? Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, it's funny. We have been talking about Stephanie's Corner. And when we have our meetings every week, everyone's always picking on me because, like, I'll space out or I'll talk over people. And, um, and then we are always like, Stephanie's Corner. Um, and now that my corner has arrived, <laughs> I'm like, uh. Um, but... The first thing I was thinking about it when I came in today, you know, about just the film industry in general and how I'm like, why am I in this industry? It's so hard and I can't really give it up. And I think about the music box as a theater and how much it's taught me about exhibition and how thankful I am that I have all that knowledge because, and this may be, I don't know if this is flowing well or if this makes sense, but, you know, the music box has taught me so much. And I do think that we are in a time in this industry where females are on the rise. I mean, it's been a really hard year between, you know, pay gaps and, you know, all the sexual abuse that's happened. And I do think, like, this is our chance. And we have some great female staffers that work here and males, you know, like all the very respectful, very safe place. And we're putting out great films, great content. And I just feel grateful that I can be a part of it in all honesty. And listen, there are days where I hate my job. I'm having meltdowns. I can't, you know, I'm like, I don't want to like come out and, you know, like, and be like, oh, everything's amazing. But like, it is a really great place to be. Mm -hmm. And especially like, with a really great exhibition exhibition house where we're showing great films, we're doing great programming, and being a female, like, it's awesome. You know, and I'm, it makes me proud. Well, so cheers you. to that, yeah. yeah. Cheers. 
but in terms of like clinking here in terms of what's coming up don't even ask me because i don't know yes you do yeah, you, i know you i sent out a million press releases i'm cc'd on every one of them <laughs> We've got a few things happening here. Um, and you, I think you're even working on one of the next things that we're doing, which is a rental, but it's part of the Critics Fest. And you, I think you're, yeah. you're even uh, helping them with some of their stuff. So even some of the people that come and work for us realize the value that Stephanie brings to the PR, um, you know, hires her on. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right. We are in a weird time with film right now. I mean, it's like everything is coming out in terms of, you know, we're opening up our closets and the skeletons are right there. And uh, yeah. I mean, you know, for me, who's been in the exhibition business for about 15 years, you know, you just try to do your best. But, you know, when it comes out, you're just like, man, I, mm -hmm. I don't want to be a part of that. But you realize that of what you work and where you work, you cannot be a part of it and still do what's good with the yeah. industry, but also understand, you know, like, you know, that I would, I, in my 15 years, I would have never invited Harvey Weinstein. Mm -hmm. I just never wanted to deal with that creep. I mean, just no, thank you. It's not a part of the business that I, that I need to, mm -hmm. to bring in for the staff that we're working with. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean like, we somehow don't get bamboozled or like confused or like, oh, something shiny over there. Look what you, what's going mm -hmm. on. And then you're like, oh, man, now I got to correct it because, you know, you, you didn't realize what was really happening. And I, I feel like this has been a big learning experience even just for me, you know, because mm -hmm. just the last year, like I've had friends personally involved who, you know, were like whistleblowers on some things happening. And I remember. Oh, me wow, too. Me they, too. Uh, they lost a lot of their friends and a lot of their professionals because people sided with the bad people yeah, yeah. wow um and it's i remember crazy. just doing all i can to do like emotionally and mm -hmm. like mentally and morally support them and you know mm -hmm. if, I ever, if i ever i can support them professionally absolutely i think mm -hmm. what they did was you know amazing mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean you've you've experienced some through, through through friends and colleagues as well yeah um i have and i knew people that worked for him and i knew his some of his assistants that god only knows what happened when no one was looking but the, but the point is, though, is that working at Music Box and seeing how much the theater has grown in terms of the exhibition business, like, you know, and there's good people working here. And I think, like, I'm excited to see where this company full of very honest and trustworthy people will go from here. And I'm even more excited to see where the sister company will go, where Music Box Music Films Box will go, Films, because yeah. I've said this from the beginning. I want to see Music Box Films like get more into production, and I want to see them make movies from the ground up. I mean, there's like such great stories out there that that they could find mm -hmm. and make into a film, and and you know figure out capital and package from the ground up. Um, and it's full of great, honest people, you know. So that's my push. That's yeah. what that's what Stephanie's corner wants. Okay, well, thank you for that first installment, and of course we are. Uh, Recording here in the Music Box Lounge under Ida, uh, the, the Music Box Films poster that went on to win an Oscar. Um, in case you're ever at the lounge and you're like, hey, that's where they do that podcast. Yeah, it's right over here in yeah. Stephanie's corner. Yeah. It's the corner of the lounge. Right under Ida. Yeah. My, uh, my nun friend. <laughs> it's a beautiful film. Um, so uh, next up, uh, we have the section called This Old Theater. And we have a very, very special guest this week. Uh, Ira Glass just happens to be in town for his new film. And he's going to give us a story about this old theater. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes. So let's bring it over to Ira. So welcome back, uh, Music Box Podcasters. We have a very special guest because he, uh, you know, used to be around Chicago and has an amazing new film out called Come Sunday, which you can see on Netflix right now. And he wanted to grace his presence and show it to his Chicago fan base. And... 
Well, I guess I have to introduce him. Ira Glass, welcome to the Music Box Podcast. Very nice to be here. Uh, how are you this evening? I'm doing good. I love that that like that something has happened and that a movie theater now has to have its own podcast. <laughs> I feel like it seemed like movies should be so much bigger and more important than podcasts, and I don't necessarily understand this this brand extension, but I respect it. Well, uh, so <laughs> I might have had I might have been talked into it, and I also might just listen to a ton of podcasts, so it made sense. There you to, go. All right. To try my hand at it, and uh, Music Box is old and it's got a lot of stories. So, um, and this segment that you're a part of is called This Old Theater, uh, where we get to talk about those. You know, we have an 89 year history here. Uh, we were uh, you know, August 22nd, 1929. We were open, and we've done a lot of things in between now and then. And you know, a lot of people have come in and come out and seen us. We've got pictures uh, all in our lounge of people that have been around. You are on our one of our walls, I believe, oh. from one of your earlier uh, appearances here with one of your films that you produced. Okay, and I just thought to myself. Well, if you're going to be in our building, do you have any stories or uh, history or memory of the music box from, I mean, I think you said you were back here in the 90s, you lived in the neighborhood? Oh, yeah, I, I moved to the neighborhood in uh, 1989 or 1990, so the 60th year of operation for the music box, and, um, and, and I moved right around the corner. I lived at the corner of Jansen and Wavewind, and, uh, and so this was my neighborhood movie theater. And that would be a really good prelude to me remembering any film that I had seen in particular. And I feel like I, I cannot name for you a film. I, I've, I've, spent the, I've spent a little time before this interview trying to remember, like, what movies did I see here? And I feel like I, I've got nothing. But, 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 I remember, but, I'm, but I'm old school enough that, for me, the layout of the lobby still is wrong. Like, the way that you have it now is just like this newfangled layout of the lobby. It's not the way it used to be. We, we, we changed it, yes, and you don't like it. Well, it's, I, no, it's much more efficient the way it is, and it's quicker to get service for, for popcorn. But, yes. it, but it's, you know, like, it's, whenever I walk in, I was like, whoa, what, what happened? So you missed the old concession stand that John Hughes's production built us? Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. John Hughes, uh, what was it, the John Goodman film in 92? Was it Curly Sue, I want to say, maybe? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, they used the theater, and we didn't have a concession stand, and they thought, okay, this people won't know what this is. We need, we need to build them one. And we just rigged it so it worked. Are you serious? Like, like, and they, I remember it was kind of like a little um, jury-rigged. Oh yeah, like yeah. yeah. And, wait, and wait, those and, pillars look like the pillars inside on the proscenium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he, they, they did that all for us. We didn't pay a dime. They just left it because they filmed in here and they needed a concession stand to make it look like a movie theater. Yeah. Why in the world did they choose you guys oh, if they I would have know. to build the concession stand? Well, okay. So whoever scouted it, because you, you know a little bit about scouting and right. locations. Yeah. yeah, you have to ask them what the hell they were thinking. <laughs> okay. I guess they just loved the theater, and he was like, I like this place. Let's, yeah, maybe John Hughes had a soft spot for us. I don't yeah. know. But, uh, you know, we loved his movies, so you know, yeah. I think we probably played a lot of his movies now, uh, looking back into the 80s and 90s on our classic matinees. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so I don't have any specific memories. Like, like, I feel like my strongest memories are when I've come here to do screenings for, for, the, for the films that we've made. We did Sleepwalk With Me and did screenings here and Don't Think Twice and did screenings here. And when I've done those, like basically we would organize it so I would just do screenings all day, do Q&As all day and all night. And so I had never been kind of backstage at a movie theater. And, and so I, I would come up to the little office, which seemed weirdly glamorous and it's tawdry we're sitting in the office now and it's like it's like it's like it's like it's just as tattered walls covered with like papers and schedules and um and like and like wires everywhere like there's like a fax machine like you guys have a fax machine and then you have a, a copier but it's very much a discount copier and 
and a safe, which looks like it can't hold much money. Um, and like, yeah, it's like very, it's very rat trappy up here. It just like, you just feel like, like I definitely feel like fire hazard is, is what I feel sitting here. And then, and then, you know, it's like an old school theater where there's films that you show with film, which like now, you know, you go to so many places and it's, and it's not. Yeah. You've seen our booth. Yeah, yeah, you've yeah. been in there. I was shocked at what it was. Yeah, yeah. that it's still so so old school. Yeah, yeah, we had to put the projector up on the ceiling because we had to do this digital thing. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. you know we have a nice mix of digital and analog. Yeah, um, yeah well, I mean, uh, can I, I ask like why 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 do you keep coming back? <laughs> I mean, you this is your third film that you brought us. Well, I mean, for a couple of reasons. Like one is just like sheer like loyalty. I like it. I like I like um, Dennis Scott, the organist. I like the fact that the clouds float across the ceiling. I feel like that technology uh, is underappreciated and not used enough. And um, and uh, and it's big. Like most movie houses are so small. Yeah. And like and like it's so big. And so if you want to promote a movie in Chicago, like like you want you you know you want to do a thing where a lot of people come out. And so. So it's it's nice for that. Well, thank you. And I appreciate, I mean, I can't believe, I mean, you, you know, it, you, you make great films and you choose to play them here. And I think that's a, that's a wonderful way that uh, Chicago gets to experience them. Um, and I'm very happy with this one. Anything you want to mention about your new film? Um, yeah, it's a very limited theatrical run. Like, basically, it was made by Netflix. And so they shot it in theaters for like like a week or two just so they can get Academy Award nominations. And we're hoping that we might get one for Chiwetel. Edge of Four's performance. Uh, the film is called Come Sunday, and it's a true story, and uh, that we did on the radio show years ago, and um, and uh, and Chiwetel Ejiofor plays this real life person, uh, Carlton Pearson, who's actually downstairs as I say these words to get ready for our Q and A, uh, and and he was a rising star in the evangelical movement. Oral Roberts' protege um, had a big mega church, was on TV all the time, went to the Bush and the other Bush White House and the Clinton White House to pray with the president, like that kind of figure. And then, and then, uh, and then at some point, uh, he, he came to believe God spoke to him and said that, uh, that everybody gets into heaven. Like you don't have to believe in Jesus and you still get into heaven. Everybody gets into heaven. There's no hell and started to preach that and basically just loses everything. And, and we thought it'd be a good movie cause, cause it's just like a very old school kind of movie idea of like a man who has a thing that he believes and the world does not agree with him and he suffers for it and has to decide if he's going to turn his back on his beliefs. And and uh, and it just seemed like there would be a really great part for somebody to play. And, and also, like, uh, Martin Sheen plays Earl Roberts and it's just, like, great in that part. He's, like, wonderful to watch. And then we were also interested in doing it because there are very few films or TV shows that 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 give uh, that that take you inside the church and they're like you know just like to kind of represent in a very real way just like life in an evangelical church and it seemed exciting to do to go into that to go into that world and document what that is right I feel like the only time you ever get even an ounce of it it's over dramatized or sensationalized in some way it's never really balanced and sort of let's tell a human story in some way yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Well, so Netflix is where if our listeners can find it right now, uh, unless you're I in the theater right now. I can't believe you're right even now. allowed to say Netflix on this podcast. Oh, my God. That's oh, the competition, man. I, we, we're independently owned. We're an art house. We want movies. You'll to, still be fine. To, You'll yes. still be fine. We want movies to survive. We want people to come out and show their films like you. And so we have to live in this world. Okay. You know? And uh, I want to thank you again for coming out and being on our podcast. This is great. Glad to be. All right. Thanks so much, Ira. Okay.
And thank you, Ira. That was amazing. Um, so glad you were able to to share that with us. And uh, and if you if, if if everybody was wondering, again, come Sunday, it's coming out on Netflix. You can be able to watch it that way. Ira's produced many great films before this, uh, and he's always welcome back to the Music Box Theater. So uh, maybe we'll just recap all the things coming up uh, in case you're wondering. We are opening The Writer um, on Friday, April 27th. Hoping to play that for a couple of weeks. We're also opening Grace Jones, Bloodlight, and Bambi on Friday. Uh, it'll play at least for a week, hoping for more. Uh, our matinee this weekend, uh, presented and picked by Stephanie, will be Silence of the Lambs on April 29th at 11.30 a.m. Hello, Clarice. <laughs> and our midnights will be Dark City on Friday and Saturday at midnight. So come check out that weird haunting world and experience it with everyone. And again, thanks for tuning in. And please, uh, comments, reviews, rate us. Let us know how we're doing or what you want to hear. Or if you want to have another installment of Stephanie's Corner. Yeah, let me know. And thank you again. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs>